Welcome to the Sharkpreneur Podcast with Kevin Harrington and Seth Green. Kevin Harrington is the inventor of the infomercial, one of the original sharks from the hit TV show Shark Tank, and has generated over $5 billion in TV and digital direct response sales. Seth Green is the world's first trusted authority on cutting edge direct response marketing, a best-selling author, and the only three-time Marketer of the Year nominee. On the podcast, Kevin and Seth interview sharkpreneurs who share straight talk on what it takes to explode your business. Welcome to the podcast. This is your host, Seth Green. Today, I have the incredible honor to be interviewing a literal legend in the financial services industry, Ron Carson of CarsonWealth.com. He has been a household name for decades. He is on the Forbes top-ranked team. He is in the Barron's Hall of Fame. He is in the icons and innovators list on investment news and a whole bunch of other accolades. It would probably take the entire time just to list. So instead, we'll dive right in. Ron, thank you so much for joining us. It's us. Hey, thank you for having me on today. Our pleasure. Let's go back in time briefly because your career has spanned such a length of time and you've helped so many people. Um, we'll do just do a, a real brief why did you become a financial advisor in the first place? You know, it's, um, I grew up on a farm uh, just an hour north of uh, here in Omaha, and I thought my entire life I was going to be a farmer and a trapper. Actually, all through my, all through my um, childhood, I, you know, my dad was, I'm going to call him a slave driver. You know, it, he really did, <laughs> because even during harvest and planting, he pulled me out of school for weeks. And, uh, and then in the wintertime, I ran a trap line and then I thought that's what I'd do. In 1982, my parents went broke farming. I don't know if you remember farm aid and the farm crisis. And he said, Ronnie, you're going to have to go find something else to do. I can't even support my family. And I was sitting in, um, in the library reading Money Magazine and it said the top professions of the future and one was become a CFP and a financial advisor. And I thought, you know what, that's what I'm going to do. By the way, Seth, it was interesting. I was out at the Napa wine auction here about a month ago and I was at an event and the lady claimed she was the one responsible for putting that placement in money magazine. And I said, well, then I owe my entire career wow. to you. <laughs> that is incredible. It's such a small world, right? Everything comes full circle. Isn't it though? Yeah. So you became, you, Saw that, decided to become a financial advisor. And then, I mean, you've just had such meteoric growth to the top of the industry to the point where for a, as long as I can remember, you've been inspiring, leading and training and helping other financial advisors as well. What made it, what, what made you stand out? I mean, there's literally hundreds of thousands of financial advisors. How did you achieve what so many just dream of? You know, Seth, this sound, I mean, it was purely survival. I actually went down to Nebraska. I was um, recruited to go down and play football. And so I, uh, I was injured my first year. I had a red shirt. And, and I just, you know, my, again, I had no financial support. You know, I'd gone through, it was a scary time for my family. And I ended up getting a license with Amoco Life just to sell life insurance out of my dorm room. And I'd love to say it was some sort of insight that I had on our profession. I mean, I just, I was terrified of not, of not having any money to, you know, to survive. And I'd been a bit of an entrepreneur growing up. I had a lot of little different things I'd done. And, and in, because I was, I was basically a snot-nosed kid that didn't know anything, but I knew farmers. And so I, you know, back in, 
83, my ability to sit down, have a cup of coffee with somebody was my value add. I mean, I didn't know I didn't know what I was doing. They didn't know. I mean, I was an unconscious, unconscious incompetent. I didn't know, but I didn't know I didn't know. And they were the same. And so if they liked you, they would literally give me money. I remember, um, I remember getting my very first account out in Fairmont, Nebraska. It was $2,000 yeah, to open up um, uh, an account. And I was so excited about that. And, and that war, I did that. I mean, I, I sold insurance for about six months and I got my, my securities license because I didn't really enjoy the insurance side of it. But the one thing I learned early on was it was all about the relationship. If people liked and trusted you, they would give you money to invest. And, and I did that and I did it really well. And then I wanted to grow faster. So by wanting to grow, I coined something that I wrote about in uh, TNT, Love Affair Marketing. I wanted to make people feel so good about what I did for them, they would reciprocate over and over again. And then I developed systemization. Um, I realized that you know I need to have rules around, and all this stuff wasn't really being done uh, in the profession. Later on, I developed passion prospecting, and I realized that I could do the things that I love to do. And I, 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 I had this ability, my dad said, to me, and as he saw me grow, he goes, Ronnie, you have more percidity than anybody I've ever met. And I go, what does that mean, Dad? He says, you have relentless persistence with a naive stupidity. That's, I'm right, that's like, a writer downer. That is awesome. Yeah. Well, and it, and I was, and I didn't know if it was a compliment. He right, it's it kind compliment. of backhanded. <laughs> yeah. And I said, well, how do you mean that? And he said, you know, you, you, um, I've never seen anybody so driven to succeed. And I really wanted to say, well, dad, it was fear because of right. what happened to our family. Right. Um, and, and, and by the way, when that all happened, I watched my dad break down and cry. I'd never, ever seen him cry my entire life. And so you talk about scaring the crap out of you. It just did. He's always a strong farmer. And, and he says, but you don't know what's not supposed to work. So you're willing to try anything. You, you approach everything and you're totally naive. And he goes, that's a blessing because no one's told you what shouldn't work. And so I've always used that. Even to this day at Carson Group, we have 128 stakeholders that work you know, around the country. And I'd say we, that's one of our benefits is we, if it's not broken, we break it. We continue to reinvent ourselves no matter where we're at. And I'm going to steal a quote from Jeff Bezos from Amazon, Seth. Yep. I, I read his letter to stakeholders recently. And I think it describes our persidity here at the Carson Group. And that is that he said what kept Amazon at the forefront is every day he wakes up, he thinks of as Amazon as a day one company, not day two, day one. We're a startup. It's, we have to defend our market position. We have to evolve what we're doing. And a day two company was like Blockbuster when Netflix disrupted it. And he said, we're a day one company. And all my stakeholders here are mostly day one thinkers. We, that's us. I mean, we are, I just came out. I mean, I spent this morning, I started at 7.30, literally coming into this, you know, interview four or five hours later. I'm with my executive team every single week. And I walk out of there so excited about what we're working on. And we're constantly, as, and as we apply persidity, persistence, naive stupidity, um, is we're working on the next, the next, next, and the next, next, next continuously, no matter where we're at. I mean, we've, 
we've enjoyed amazing growth, but if we ever lose, if we ever lose the idea that we're not a day one company, that's when we'll start our gradual decline. Wow, that is an incredible mindset. I, I, I love the way you've applied it. Now, you built such a successful wealth management business and you built it um, billions of dollars of assets under management in what some people would consider the middle of nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> so how do you acquire so many clients? Because obviously where you are is not known for, you know, the hotbed of wealth in America. You know, you're not in Manhattan, you're not in Greenwich, you're not in Beverly Hills. How did you pull that off? So, first of all, if you, you ever been to Omaha, Seth? I have not. Okay. People come here and they're like, wow. Yeah, I don't know what they expect. Like, no roads, no running water, no electricity. We have all that here in Omaha. And, and we, being in Omaha, Nebraska, gives us a huge advantage. If I look at, um, we just, we're, right now we're, we're looking at bringing in a new stakeholder from another part of the country and they did the cost of living difference. And it literally is 50% less. For them, it was 41% less to live here than where they're currently living. And, and so that's a huge advantage. And the other advantage we have is that there is, um, there is such a work ethic uh, if you look at the 128 people here at Carson Group, most of them came from small towns. A lot of them came off of farms. And so in the middle of nowhere, we're able to, um, we're able to work at a level that, and, 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 our, and our cost structure is a lot lower. So I think we get a lot more for our money. And with technology really shrinking the world, we we bring on clients from all over the country today. I have a, we just relaunched. I did radio for 12 years. I did it um, that ended in 2000. 15 weeks ago, we relaunched a radio show called Wealth from Wisdom. And you know, in 15 weeks, we've gotten 770 some um, leads. And people don't care what they care about. Not as where you're at. They care about the strength of your value proposition. And our, our mantra here is we always start with the client's interest and work backwards from that. We're committed to making the complex simple. We do that through total transparency of all fees and costs. We do that through an effective game plan and communicating and advice that's a common language. And that sounds simple, but we deliver that. And to the degree someone experiences that, um, they don't, they, they really don't care where you're located at. That is absolutely incredible. And you've now grown to the point where, as you met, I mean, you have a Carson wealth network of advisors, um, who practice what you preach around the country to serve their local markets. You've achieved so much success. What's your biggest challenge now? Our biggest challenge is, um, so I just so I shared with you our executive team meeting every Friday and the challenge is right now we're working on so many things and I just challenged my group to say okay what I want I know we're sucked into the whirlwind of the week every week I want you to commit to what you're going to get done by next Friday and we're going to hold each other accountable 
And, and people are like, well, I'll give you two. No, just give me one. You know, every night, I wrote about this in Sustainable Edge. Every night before I go to bed, I look, list the six most important things I've got to get done in order of priority. And for the week, I do something called the vital one. And it's part of my six most every single day until I get it done. So what I ask my executive team is I want to have your weekly, your vital one done. And, and so my, my biggest challenge is there's more opportunity out there than we can possibly act upon. It's keeping us focused on the highest priority items and not getting sucked into busy, the busy whirlwind that can consume all your energy and all your time. That's my biggest challenge. And that's the biggest challenge of my executive team, my, my leadership group. That makes a lot of sense. What has you talked about coming out? And we do a similar thing in our staff meeting every day of what did you, what did you, what do you, what did you get done yesterday? What are you getting done today? Um, all of that awesome stuff. You talked about coming out of your executive meeting so jazzed. Um, what has you the most excited about the short term, you know, the next five years? So we just relaunched and anybody listening to this, I'd ask you to go to CarsonWealth.com. We just rolled out a technology, you know, and I've, and I've said this publicly, Seth, we've spent since 2010, we've spent over $40 million on, on our, um, the client experience and back office efficiency because as you mentioned we have 50 some advisor offices around the country that want to be part of our movement and our movement our mpp our massive transformative purpose to be the most trusted financial advice and our partners are just we're just now rolling this out to them and the marketplace so consumers are coming to us um and if you go to the carsonwealth.com pretend that you're a prospect you know put in all your information and watch how we gamified the relationship, you give us a little information, we get information. We request information, give us a little more. Once you put that piece of data in there, and if you become a client of us or any of our partners, you never have to put that piece of data in again. Whether you're opening an account at Fidelity or TD Ameritrade, or you're running your plan with eMoney, it doesn't matter. So the productivity that our offices are gonna get, we're, we're guesstimating our first version of CEO, which was Client Experience Optimizer, we saw an 87% improvement in productivity. We think this next generation will be a threefold increase in productivity. We have to continue to leverage our business model. And then, but the client experience at the same time is amazing. So just coming out of that meeting with what we're hearing from retail clients and we're getting real conversions of assets. Uh, we converted uh, $2 million this week from people that 100% completed the risk tolerance questionnaire on their own and did it, and they don't even have to come in for a meeting. These happen to come in for a meeting. Um, and then seeing the productivity game we're getting on the flip side, that is super exciting because we spent all this money and time. There was a Fidelity executive at the rollout, and when we, we showed this in Vegas at our Excel meeting, um, and he said, I haven't, he said, I got goosebumps when he saw it. He goes, I haven't had goosebumps in 10 years. That I mean, Fidelity's awesome. been billions every year and yeah, here we are absolutely. we're able to take the best of what they have and all that money wasn't spent building anything new it was all spent on making the complex simple and integrating things so the client experience is awesome as well as the advisor experience is awesome and it gives them tremendous leverage within their business all right we got our, we only have five minutes left i've got a, the number one question we got submitted when we announced that you were going to be interviewed was how is ron carson and carson wealth reacting to the elephant in the room the dol rule you know i 
I was on a call yesterday with an advisor, Seth, and he's like, man, I, he's quitting the business. And we've seen quite a few advisors just exit the business because of DOL. Um, it, DOL is, of course, you know, you've gotten it. You don't only have DOL, but you get the CFP um, uh, board and and the, their new their new rule change or standard change. You have um, you have uh, you know the SEC, the CFPB, which is the Consumer Financial Protection Board. The reality is, DOL doesn't really matter. The consumer now is demanding better transparency. The marketplace is demanding that you put the client's interests first. And I would say the way to combat this, having a really strong regulatory um, attitude within your organization is the new marketing. Because the next generation of buyer, all the things you should be doing to comply with all of that is just good business. And I, hey, there's some quirks to it, and I understand that. We were dealing with one of them this morning on you know, um, simple IRAs and what kind of ramifications that has. But the reality is it's here to stay, and it's not just DOL. It's going to be the SEC. It's going to be you know, CFP, uh, the college. It's going to be the CFPB. And it's an attitudinal change that, that just doing and being fully transparent is just good business. So just embrace it versus trying to fight it. Think of it in terms of anchors and engines. You know, are you anchored to the past and you're thinking, anchored to technology, anchored to old way of doing things? Or is it full engines of growth? And one of those engines to a growth is having a total mind shift on the way you think about um, the compliance and regulatory environment. Okay. That is excellent advice. Thank you. We know your time is incredibly valuable. Ron Carson, Carson Well, thank you so much for joining us. Incredible interview. This show has been produced by Market Domination, LLC. To discover how you can have your own show completely done for you and turn it into a real published book and become the authority in your marketplace, go to www.marketdominationllc.com slash podcast offer. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>